0: To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit betterhelp.com slash filmdaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot slash filmdaily.
1: Hey, everyone. Peter Serrata here. The, our, <laughs> our podcast recording software ate the beginning of this podcast, but most of it is here, so... We're just going to jump right into it today. Okay, let's go on to another remake or prequel or sequel, whatever you want to call it. It's the Willy Wonka origin story that we never knew we wanted or needed. Brad, tell us about that.
2: Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing that Slash Home readers are always (laughs) commenting about, it's like, man, I really need to know more about Willy Wonka and where he came from because it's just not enough in the movies, the show, why he loves candy so much. So we're going to get an origin story. It's called Wonka, creatively, um, and Warner Brothers is making it, and they've put Timothy Chalamet into uh, the role of Willy Wonka, following in the footsteps of Gene Wilder and Johnny Depp from the previous big screen adaptations of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. But uh, since this is a prequel, before Willy Wonka ever opens a chocolate factory, it will take place before the events of Roald Dahl's actual book. Um, but the one thing it does share with those other two movies is that it will have uh, musical numbers. So Timothy Chalamet is currently preparing to do uh, song and dance routines for the first time.
1: Brad, I have a couple questions for you.
2: Just two, huh?
1: Yes. So first of all, that original movie adaptation of Willy Wonka. If your child watching that, what is what is what part of that movie excites you the most? Is it the the chocolate
2: factory? Yeah, it's, it's 100% the Chocolate Factory. The Chocolate Factory is this crazy magical place. And he was even still pretty cool in Tim Burton's weird warped version uh, of it. And so, like, I don't care what Willy Wonka was doing before this. Like, uh, I, I know he found the Oompa Loompas at Loompa Land. I know that he liked candy enough to open up a factory. And that's all I need to know. I don't need a whole series of adventures of like, oh, how did Willy Wonka get his top hat? They'll probably have some stupid explanation like Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade about how he gets yeah. his hat.
1: And they'll be like, we'll call you Wonka. <laughs> um no, you you mentioned the Tim Burton Johnny Depp movie that we we've probably all forgotten at this point. But um what, what's the what's your least favorite part of that movie?
2: Where uh, do I begin? <laughs> um I don't
1: I was going to say that it's the part where you actually get some backstory on Willy Wonka. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that that's probably a fair estimate of what the worst part is. But yeah, that movie was just such a weird mess of whatever. I, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I guess my point here, Brad, is they're they're throwing out the thing that is the, the most exciting about the original and expanding on the part that I think people like the least of the last one. So, Chris, what what are the chances that this movie will be any good?
3: Oh man, I <laughs> This is just such a dumb idea. Everything about this is dumb. We do not need this. We do not need the Timothy Chalamet Wonka. I mean, first of all, he seems really wrong for that part to me. I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but second of all, like Yeah,
1: how does he match up against Gene Wilder and
3: like, I honestly Depp?
2: I I think his casting is good for the character and that's that's mostly based on seeing what he did on on SNL. He's not afraid to like do weird, funny things, be comedic and that kind of thing. I, I, I imagine his performance will probably land somewhere in between Johnny Depp and Gene Wilder. So like I, I feel like he can he can do it. But it is also weird that this idea of making Willy Wonka be, you know, hot young sexy Timothy Chalamet. Um, but I think I think the only like thing that maybe gives us hope for this is that it's directed by Paul King, who did pa- the Paddington movies.
1: Oh yeah, so maybe... and, and it's being produced by Lord Miller, who always. Oh wait, no, it isn't.
2: Oh, no, it's not it's being produced by. David... But it is being produced by David Heyman, who did the Harry Potter movies. So,
1: yeah, eh, but you he know. hasn't done anything good since, though, has he? He did that Secret Garden movie, didn't he? Uh,
2: did he? I actually I don't think, remember. because I, I didn't did. see it.
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody.
2: Well, did. the Fantastic Beasts movies have been great. So. <laughs> <laughs> God.
1: Okay, I think it's for the best of us to just move on. Uh let's talk about this news of uh AMC theaters and what's happening with them. Chris, it has to be like good news, right?
3: Uh it's good news for someone. Um Wanda Group, which is a, a huge Chinese conglomerate, uh they had um they previously had a controlling interest in AMC theaters. They've had that since 2012 but it's just been revealed. They've sold off basically uh, what amounts to its entire stake in AMC. Um, uh, So, you know, this, this means they're, they're just getting out of the AMC business, Uh, which, you know, uh, is, (laughs) I guess makes sense right now because no one knows where theater chains are going to be. And part of this is also related to, uh, I don't know if anyone even remembers. It feels like it happened a hundred years ago at this point. But back in January, there was all this this stock market shenanigans. Not just with GameStop, but it was also with AMC. And uh, part of this um, part of the reason for Wanda Group getting out is they basically were able to, to cash out uh, thanks to how the stock rose. I should also add that I don't understand how stock the stock market works, so all of this is like uh reading like ancient hieroglyphics to me. So I'm 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 giving you the bare minimum here because I am an idiot who doesn't understand how all of this works.
1: But well, good good news for you, Chris. They're making a movie on it based on a book that hasn't been written by the guy that wrote the social network.
3: Yes, I can't wait. Well I feel like that's gonna be more about the yeah. GameStop thing than the AMC yeah, yeah. thing, but we'll see.
1: Does um so I, I guess my question here is because Wanda Group was like this big Chinese company that owned AMC and they invested in it because, you know, the the movie industry kind of blew up in China in the last uh, couple decades. And I wonder, what does this mean for the future of AMC and the future of theatrical entertainment in the U.S.?
3: I don't know. I mean, uh, Wanda, they had about 58.8% of the voting power of AMC stock. So... I don't really know if anyone's going to step in to replace them, or if AMC is just basically on their own right now. I I I I, I don't think it fares particularly well for AMC, but I guess we're going to have to wait and see how how if and when theaters bounce back. Everything feels like it's still up in the air right now.
1: Yeah, I think we're going to find out this fall. It's going to be yeah, it's going to determine a lot of what's going to be the future of theatrical entertainment. So. So stay tuned, listeners. <laughs> um, okay, let's move on. Let's move on to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And we'll start first with Loki, which is headed to Disney+. Plus. Uh, there's some news that it's going to... Well, we know that Loki follows Loki in an earlier timeline. It, it, it follows him uh, from the events... Uh, or be, you know, before the snap. So it's going to have an alternate version of Loki, but it might might also have an alternate version of other characters. Brad, tell us about it,
2: yeah, so we know Loki's gonna be uh time jumping in this series because uh, the time variance authority is being introduced. there's talk about preserving what is known as the sacred timeline, and every episode we'll see Loki in a um a different decade uh, inspired by you know various movies, TV shows of of the time certain historical events things like that um and one of the things that we might also see are alternate versions of characters including alternate versions of loki Um, that's what kevin feige recently uh teased when he was talking about uh the loki series for entertainment weekly's upcoming um summer preview of upcoming shows and so he said uh quote part of the fun of the multiverse and playing with time is seeing other versions of characters and other versions of the titular character in particular he's been around for thousands of years he had all sorts of adventures uh, we're wanting to fill in the blanks and see how much more of Loki's story was uh, was there in the initial desire for the series. So uh, it, there's a chance that we might see some alternate versions of Avengers or other superheroes popping up. Um, if he if Loki ends up in different timelines, they don't necessarily have to be the uh, same versions of characters that we are familiar, familiar with in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This could be a way of visiting... Some of the versions of characters that might otherwise never have a chance of appearing in the regular uh, timeline of the Marvel Cinematic Universe where the Avengers reside and they had to deal with Thanos and the Affinity Stones. Uh, Because there are a lot of, you know, weird alternate takes on characters out there. And there's probably alternate timelines where certain characters live, certain characters died. Um, I, it probably won't be quite as extreme as what they're going to do with Marvel's what if animated series, but it'll be cool to see, uh, how this time jumping allows the, them to play with the Marvel Cinematic Universe.
1: Do you think there's a chance that we'll see any moments from the previous MCU films play out in different ways? Like, you know, obviously we saw that in Endgame where we, we resi- revisited the events of the, the first Avengers movie from a, a different angles. Do you think that might happen here or do you think they're going to stay away from that?
2: Um, If it happens, I don't think it'll be quite on the same scale as it was in Avengers Endgame where they revisited, you know, these big moments from Avengers movies and and whatnot. If anything, maybe we'll get more insight into Loki's perspective during like the events of the Thor movies and things like that stuff that maybe we didn't know uh, he was up to or, um, you know, things that we didn't see happen. Uh, on the screen in the, in those movies. Uh but otherwise I feel like they've they already did that in Avengers Endgame and they're probably not looking to repeat themselves.
1: Yeah, and Loki is coming out next month, right? Sometime in June? S- starts on June 9th. June 9th. Exciting. Okay, uh we have a bunch more Marvel stuff to talk about. Uh they Marvel and Disney just released their Eternals trailer and they also released a poster which has a little bit of a some weird crediting there that if had some people scratching their heads. Brad, tell us about it.
2: Yeah, so the first poster for Eternals came out today. And even though a lot of people don't normally pay attention to the credits that are listed in tiny print at the bottom of most posters, uh, Marvel fans are pretty keen observers when it comes to looking for little details and hints at things that might be coming in these movies. Uh, and someone noticed that the screenplay by credit lists Chloe Zhao and Chloe Zhao and Patrick Burleigh. Uh, it lists Chloe Zhao twice as writing the screenplay for the movie, which seems weird. Uh, but this is merely just like uh, a technical thing that has to be done in order to adhere to the rules of the Writers Guild of America. Um, most of the time, if a, uh, a screenwriter writes a script on their own, a draft of a script, then they get listed on their own. But if there and if, if there are other individual writers that wrote previous drafts of that script on their own, then it'll say screenplay by Chloe Zhao and Peter Serretta with and actually spelled out. But if you work on a script as a team with somebody, if it was as in Chloe Zhao and Patrick Burleigh with this movie, then your name is listed as a team with an ampersand in between the names, denoting that you guys work, that they work together on the script. So what this means is that at some point, Chloe Zhao did a version of the script completely on her own, which is something we learned about earlier this year. But then at another point, Patrick Burley was brought in and he worked on the script with Chloe Zhao together. And whatever they did was enough for them to be credited together as a writing team instead of just having Patrick Burley credited as his as himself as an individual writer.
1: Yeah, you you often don't see this happen because the work on it has to be so substantial to overtake that original script, like whatever Chloe's original script was, it has to be. Like, I forget what the percentage is, but it's some huge percentage needs to be changed in order to credit the new team that is on it. That includes Chloe. <laughs> so uh, do we think this is going to be like a WGA arbitration thing or or what? Um, I, how do you mean? Do, do you think like this is something that's being contested or do you think this is just like the final the final credits for this movie? I, I, I guess there's far enough along. They had the pandemic. That this is probably this is probably it.
2: I mean, at some point, um, for a while, the writers that were being credited were uh, Kaz Furpo and Ryan Furpo, but oh. they're no longer credited as screenwriters. And we learned that when Chloe Zhao was talking about working on the script herself back in January. Um, so it's it seems like maybe it's not a contested thing. If anything, maybe it could be something that Patrick Burley and his representatives pushed for. To get a credit, since he did so much work on the script with Chloe Zhao, that that could be a possibility. But we don't know the the nitty gritty of the behind the scenes There yet.
1: It's weird that they couldn't just like come to the agreement of just having those two names and not Chloe and Chloe. And you know what I mean, like, it, it it's it's weird. It's what I'm saying. Because it is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move on. Let's talk about Eternals. The trailer. You. I'll put a link to this in the show notes if you want to go watch it. But I thought we'd give our quick reactions to this trailer. And I'll start things off by saying that, boy, this looks different. It looks different. I know Marvel often gets criticized as kind of having the same Marvel formula or they have the Marvel look to it, like all the costumes and props kind of look of that same style guide, which I think is a a feature, not a... a problem as many people look at it as i think they're they're trying to make it look of the same world um but here it well first of all the trailer opens in a way that almost the marvel studios aspect of it is the big reveal like you're like oh this is a marvel movie um uh uh, has some interesting uh music to it it's just i don't know i guess my biggest takeaway from this trailer is how strikingly different it looks and feels from other Marvel movies. It almost feels, and I feel like this is going to come off as an insult, but this is not what is intended, but it almost feels like it's like an X-Men universe movie than like a Marvel cinematic universe movie. Um, and it's not, that's not intended as a, a uh, insult in any way. It just feels, doesn't feel Disney. I don't know. It, it even ends with this like bit with them talking about Captain America and Iron Man that feels very out of place and almost like, oh yeah, this is part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So you're going to want to see this movie. <laughs> but, um, uh, Chris, what did you think of this trailer?
3: Uh, it looks fine, I guess. I feel like it's too early. I feel like I don't want to judge the film before yeah. you know I see more of it. Um, I I do agree that I like that it looks. Like it wasn't shot in a parking lot Um, <laughs> like every other Marvel movie. That said, I do think it's still weirdly desaturated. Like I just wish it like <laughs> I love that Chloe Zhao is, is, you know, seems to be trying to get as much natural photography as she can without relying on constant CGI. But I still feel like it has this weird darkened desaturation that kind of immediately takes away from that it's like man they're they're going through all this effort to make this look different why do they then have to desaturate it down but again this is just a trailer hopefully it'll look better in the film itself on the big screen um i you know i know nothing about the eternals but i you know i didn't really know anything about the guardians of the galaxy either and that turned out to be uh one of if not my favorite marvel movie so you know i don't want to get to like what the hell is going on here but i do feel like the films like uh, set up where it's like, they've been in the shadows for years and now they're coming out. (laughs) Like what exactly were they waiting for? Like so many terrible things have happened in history. And it's like, what now is like, Oh, I guess we're going to get off our asses and do something. Like, I don't know like what they were waiting for, but again, this is all trailer stuff. It could probably play a lot better in, in the film
1: itself. You know, that's hilarious because I was going to bring that up. Chris and I was just thinking in terms of the Marvel cinematic universe of like, you know, New York becoming invaded by, you know, these big aliens and the snap and stuff like that. But you bring up the bigger history of the world right. into this picture of like Hitler and like all this other stuff. Yeah, because like,
3: aren't they like these beings are supposed to be like ancient. Like, they've been around like forever. Yeah. So they've just been like what? Just like sitting back? Like, yeah, we're not gonna help nine with nine eleven or anything. Just like we're just gonna hang around. Yeah, but what? Oh, they they're coming. I don't know what like
1: you know. Yeah, uh Brad, what do you think?
2: Um yeah, I'm I'm intrigued so far. I I like that the the vibe that this teaser is is putting out because especially visually, I think Chloe Zhao's direction is um you can really see it here because there's something about this movie that feels uh, much more organic than the rest of the cosmic entries in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, it kind of has a, a grand scale to it, and not in a, a blockbuster way like Guardians of the Galaxy or Thor uh, did. There's there's something about it that just feels a little bit more uh, as grounded as a you know a cosmic Marvel movie like this can be. There's something about it that just looks different, feels different, um, and I like that. And I like the big ensemble cast. Um, that ending does of uh, the trailer does feel a little tacked on. <laughs> But I, I do think that there's something uh, amusing and interesting about I don't know hearing these ancient beings talk about stuff like that and like knowing what's going on and having you know perspectives on what's happening in the universe as if they're watching a big long complicated television show. I guess <laughs> um, it's it's just just kind of funny. But I do have have the same questions that Chris does. Is like what the fuck are you guys doing? Like <laughs> the snap was kind of a big deal. Maybe you should have helped. <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, I, I, that, that was a big deal. Other events in history were big deals. I, you know, Chris, you brought up gardens of the galaxy and as much as like, you know, I didn't really know about gardens of the galaxy before that kind of uh, the movie kicked into gear, but I feel like those characters are so distinctive and like what there's a talking tree and there's a raccoon and it's, it's and here. This ensemble is a great, uh, you know, a great cast of, of actors but if after watching this trailer two times if i could i don't think i can tell you anything about any of the characters i, I know it's a trailer I, I get that i'm not like I, I i feel what you're saying chris Too, you it's too early to judge from just like you know a two-minute trailer N- completely noted but i i really don't understand who the eternals are as other than ancient beings that have been sitting in wake for all this time. Do you know what I mean?
3: Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, so I guess for me, what I'm, what I'm curious about is Marvel has always been character first. Like, you know, it's not like star Wars. Star Wars is, is this epic universe, like this galaxy. And there's these creatures and what, and star Wars in uh, Marvel for me has always been character centric. It's about, you know, Iron Man, Tony Stark. It's about Spider-Man, Peter Parker. And I don't quite know who these Eternals are yet. And I do have some comics sitting on my desk that I need to read. But I don't know if this this early marketing is doing a good job at selling the characters. Fred, what do you think?
2: I think that they have a lot of time uh, to figure that out. The movie doesn't come out until November. Uh, they still have Black Widow coming out between now and then. I think this is just getting the gears turning, introducing the characters. Um, not on an individual basis, you know, just an idea that they exist. They've been around for a long time, and that we'll—I'm sure—we'll learn much more about them in the the marketing leading up to the movie in November. Yes,
1: and, uh, and I'm sure they're going to be a huge part of the MCU going forward. So, any Marvel fans not going to want to miss this. Uh, but we'll keep our eye on this as more marketing and stuff comes out for it. Uh, I'm sure they'll—they'll they'll eventually they'll have, have the big wave where everybody gets their own <laughs> TV spot and. <laughs> movie poster and you know all that stuff so i'm sure i'm sure it's just early days now you got to introduce the concept that there was these ancient beings around all along i just wonder how, how much how much longer can marvel explain people being around and not doing anything during these like that, that seems to be like the the main crux of like explaining anything in the marvel cinematic universe but i guess like you know we've we've discussed in previous episodes of this podcast uh opening up the the multiverse i guess can explain that stuff away but okay uh that does it for us uh for today's slash home daily you can find more of all of our work at slash you can find this podcast on apple google overcast spotify all the popular podcast apps Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter.com. And please rate and review this podcast on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry.